memory is a tricky thing. We tend to hold on to those parts of people that confirm the story we want to tell about them. And we tend to put aside those parts of people that don't confirm the story we want to tell about them. But what we hold on to and what we set aside reveal just as much about us as they do about those who are no longer living. So this is really important for us to remember in the season of Advent. Nathan, can you go, please? Thank you. For the next four weeks, we are going to be exploring the beginnings of each gospel. Now before, I need everybody's attention over here right now. Please, can I have your attention over here? Thank you. Sorry. For the next four weeks, we are going to explore the beginnings of each gospel. Now, before I go any further, I want to remind the gathered community about some things. Mostly because none of us have been taught to think about the Bible critically or in nuanced, informed ways, which is dangerous and bad. God is my witness. (laughs) Being informed and thinking critically in nuanced ways about the Bible brings security and it's good. So a few reminders. There are four Gospels. And they are each different, as in not the same. They do not paint a coherent picture of who Jesus or the disciples were. Not a coherent picture, but rather they give us a collage. Different depictions, and each depiction of Jesus in each of the Gospels gives us a fragment of what we can focus on, focus on in great detail within the greater collage. And so in the month of Advent, we're pulling out the fragments of Jesus' beginnings in the four Gospels. Since the birth of Christ is at the heart of this liturgical season and the reason for all of this capitalist jingle bells frenzy, we think it's important to consider the source. So we're going to focus in great detail on Jesus' beginnings in these stories. And just as it is with endings, with funerals, the memories of Jesus' beginnings are wildly divergent. Perhaps that difference is because the gospel writers were writing 40 to 100 years after his death. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I have a hard time keeping memories in my head from last week. So 40 to 100 years certainly gives the memory wiggle room. But perhaps the difference is because within those 40 to 100 years, the early Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians began to remember Jesus in lots of different ways, through liturgy, through oral stories, through the Last Supper and Lord's Prayer, writing those memories down was one of the latest forms of remembrance to arise in the early cultures of Christianity. Or perhaps the difference is because writers are different in their style of communication, in their ability to storytell, in their motivation for writing in the first place. Regardless of the reason, we've got wildly divergent memories of Christ's beginnings in the Gospels which, if you ask me, is a good thing. And as we continue on this Advent series, I hope you'll join me in considering this collage of Christmas a good thing. Mark doesn't have a birth story, not a single mention of pregnant Mary or Joseph or the innkeeper, no mention of shepherds or angels or magi or stable or the A word or a star in the sky 
yeah, all that pageantry that many of us have grown up with, they don't come from Mark. The Gospel of Mark doesn't seem to give two cents about how Jesus came into this world. Mark cares entirely about who Jesus was in the world, which apparently his birth conditions didn't influence all that much, at least not in the mind of the author Mark, which frankly ought to be good news to us who have scandalous births or lacked the nuclear family that so is often lauded in religious circles. Mark doesn't care about the how of Jesus' beginning. He cares about who was beginning. And the author makes it very plain from the get-go, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark doesn't try to convince us through miracle stories. He tells us outright, this is who Jesus was, Messiah in human form. Come to share the good news. Now, if you're anything like me, a little voice in the back of your head might be whispering, yeah, 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 that's what I've been told all my life. Give me something that has teeth in it. Huh? And if you're anything like me, a term like Messiah better be connected to, you know, something big, like something utterly mind-blowing, because that's no small thing to call somebody. And it better not be any, like, patriarchal, my God trumps all gods kind of nonsense either. Right? Am I alone in here? All right. So hang on, because Mark does give us something tangible. He gives us Isaiah 40, which is about liberation from oppression for all people. And he gives us John the Baptist, who was known for his radical countercultural views. And he gives us baptism, which was a purifying ritual that inaugurated a particular way of Jewish life. Mark's memories of Jesus' beginning, which are divergent from the other three gospel writers, tell us who by letting us know what Jesus was connected to. A history of liberation, a countercultural religious movement, and a way of life rooted in confession and forgiveness. So let me be more specific about liberation from oppression. Jesus was about liberation from empire, from Rome. Liberation from unjust occupation and liberation from superpowers dominating the vulnerable. Ask Palestine if liberation from empire is still needed today. So let me be more specific about countercultural religious movements. Movements that don't appreciate being co-opted by those seeking profit for themselves. A religion that seeks to form community through connection to and value of God and neighbor. A religion that distances itself from harmful, exploitive cultural practices. Ask those exploited by prosperity gospel Christianity. Christianity that sounds more like the gospel of capitalism than the ethics of Jesus. Ask if we still need countercultural religious movement today. Let me be more specific about confession and forgiveness. Confession of participation in systems that harm us and forgiveness so that we can participate in systems that free us. Confession that we've often given up on God and neighbor and forgiveness because we still need each other to get free. Ask General Petraeus if confession and forgiveness are still needed today. Memory. 
is a tricky thing. We tend to hold on to those parts of people that confirm the story we want to tell, and we tend to put aside those parts of people that don't confirm the story we want to tell. But what we hold on to and what we put aside reveal just as much about us as they reveal about those who are no longer with us. Like we all do, Mark remembers Jesus, holds on to him and puts parts of him aside in ways that confirm a particular story. It's a story about a world that needs liberation and countercultural religion, confession and repentance. I personally don't need any miracles to convince me that we still need all of that today. Mark's Jesus may be a distinct memory in the collage of Christmas, but what a memory, what a Messiah. Amen.